Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. If it's your first time here, welcome. And if not, welcome back to Actors with Issues with me, your host, Juan Ayala, bringing you another delightful and quick and casual chat with an actor from the small screen, the big screen, and the Broadway stage. You've seen today's guests throughout major magazines like Marie Claire, Teen Vogue, and Seventeen Magazine as an actress in the film Newness opposite Nicholas Hall, and she's also a filmmaker, having won several awards for her latest short film, and here to talk with us all about that and her latest project is Emily Roll. Emily, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so before we uh, get started with everything, we always start with a game uh, called Getting to okay. Know You, or just throw some rapid fire questions uh, your way and uh, see how it goes. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, starting with coffee or tea? Tea. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Film or television? Television. Drama or comedy? Both. <laughs> I think the uh, best drama has comedy. Good point. Uh, hero or villain? Hero. Uh, what actor has had the biggest influence on you? Meryl Streep. If you could guest star on any TV show, which would you choose? Succession. Good choice. Uh, <laughs> what's a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Home Alone. And a movie that never fails to make you cry? Casablanca. And lastly, in three words, describe your most memorable audition. And memorable can be good or bad. So okay. that's up to you. <laughs> um, present, out of body, which I know is three, um, and spiritual. OK, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, so you initially didn't uh, start your career as an actress. Um, no. We named at the top. You've been in a ton of different publications to start as a model. So how did all of that start for you? And then what eventually led to you wanting to pursue an acting career? So when I was 13, I went to New York Fashion Week with my dad. Uh, and we were just going to see the shows. And I got scouted there by my mother agent for modeling. And then within about a month, I had moved to Tokyo and started modeling there and then went on to New York. And so that happened all kind of by accident, but very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I did that until I was about 22, but at around 18, I decided to come out to LA for about six weeks. It's been like eight years and I never went <laughs> back to New York. Um, and then I ended up meeting my acting manager through a, a former trainer. Um, and got the audition for newness through my managers, like the second audition I ever did. I booked it. I was like, oh, this acting thing is going to be so easy. Um, it's not. <laughs> uh, and that went to Sundance and I got an agent out of that. So each career move has kind of happened by accident, but they've all mm. been happy accidents. Um, and then started working on acting and that became my life. And then COVID happened and that changed everyone's lives and the film industry specifically. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So I kind of, during COVID at least, created my own curriculum and was going to classes online and reading and watching a film every day. Um, and then I think I just decided that I was tired of waiting for somebody to pick me. My entire life had really kind of been navigated at least career-wise by other people and, and agents and all of those things who are lovely and fantastic. But I was, I think I was ready to take my life in my own hands. And I think that COVID had made me feel out of control in general anyways, right? Because this massive thing was going on that none of us could do anything about. So I decided to write Blue Moon, which was also kind of like a happy accident. I mean, 
I thought it was going to be shot on my iPhone and be like three minutes and I thought there was going to be no dialogue because I didn't realize that I knew how to do any of those things. Mm -hmm. And I still, you know, am learning every moment of every day. Um, but I just kind of went for it and didn't tell myself I couldn't do it. And every day I got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I realized I think I'd found my purpose. So they've all been happy accidents every, every career move. And, you know, it's interesting that you, uh, that I, during the pandemic and around that time, you decided like, okay, enough happy accidents. You're like, let me like take charge. Yeah. And I feel like that happens with so many, uh, so many artists. And like you said, you were t tired of waiting for someone to pick you. So you figure, let me make a project and be in charge of it. And so that's amazing that you were able to do that with, with Blue Moon. And you have another project coming up that we'll, we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I read that your short film Blue Moon, you had funded entirely yourself with uh, your college yeah. savings. So I um, I had a college fund. I was very um, lucky that my family and my had put aside a, a small amount of money for me to go to school. And because I wanted to start acting, I forego I forewent the um, kind of typical college experience and said that I didn't want to go and I wanted to act. And my mother looked at me like I was crazy. And and so there was just this kind of capital sitting there and. I realized that I should do something with it and I should do something that's going to give me a career in the same way that a college education would do for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I truly believe in learning by doing. And I think I went to film school in the three days that we spent on set filming Blue Moon. Um, and it was the greatest use of that, of that capital. Um, and I think I just, I had so much time on my hands. I just decided to get really creative. Mm. And uh, that's how I did Blue Moon, yeah. And I mean, it's paid off. You've won several awards for like best short, best romance short, best LGBT project. And it's, uh, you know, it is sort of a love story between two queer mm -hmm. people. And what can you tell us about it? Because it's not available for folks to watch just yet. No, right? actually, we're in the midst of uh, negotiating our distribution deal. But cool. so it's, it's a love story that takes place in a single night. And that concept had always really interested me. I had a few experiences like that where you kind of exist within a snow globe with a single person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that experience only exists within that one event and that one night. Um, but those nights have been just as meaningful to me as love that's lasted years. And I really wanted to explore that and explore when you're really just enveloped by the fantasy of that person, mm -hmm. but yet you can be so honest and vulnerable and feel like you've, you've known them your entire life. Um, so I really wanted to play with that concept. And then one of my, my best friends had recently started dating women and exploring her sexuality and had spoken to me about how she felt underrepresented in media. So it was important that I could incorporate her story as well um to kind of honor her in that way so it was a nice mixture of, of both of our worlds and then putting it in LA and East LA specifically um it shot in Echo Park and on Mulholland East LA is the first place that I found love and like the street that they're driving down on sunset uh one of my exes lived just right up the street from there and we spent a lot of time there um so it was important to me that it was a love letter to one another and then a love letter to Los Angeles um and just this little this little happy snow globe of a moment two people that's so sweet and that's so great that you're you know sort of um again taking charge of being able to increase representation for people who are not in the mainstream um as a queer person myself as a hispanic i i understand and i thank you for that because it's not yeah. every day that you meet someone who uh is willing to do that for for people so that's really wonderful Thanks. I really appreciate that i think it was important to me that this story felt representative for 
the queer community and that it was something that everyone could relate to in some facet. And it was mm -hmm. important to me that young people and even older people could watch us and realize that like their experience was they were they weren't alone and that this exists and that love is love regardless right of gender or, or sexual orientation and all of those things so that was a big goal for us so thanks that means a lot yeah. and uh with your next project um called 13 stepping it's a short that you'll also be starring in um yeah. so what can you tell us about that <laughs> so 13 stepping uh follows a character named lily who i play and also explores an AA group in New York City and how the members' lives intersect and intersect with one another. It's told from the perspective of Lily, my character. Um, there's 13 characters, so it's an ensemble cast, although Lily is the anchor character. There'll be 13 episodes. Each episode will explore one of the different characters and their lives and what brought them to AA. The story of recovery, um, what we just shot it was kind of twofold. Um, there's two different edits. One is a short film edit, which will be going to festivals. And another edit is for a proof of concept for a TV series. Mm. So it's a condensed version. It's about a 20 minute version of what will be um, a 60 minute pilot. So there's that. Right now we're in the midst of writing the actual pilot, putting together the pitch deck, kind of compiling all the assets to take this to networks. Mm. Um, but that's been a really big labor of love because it's largely inspired by some of my own life events. I also play the main character, which is a whole other um, ball of wax and full-time job and was also really cool because I never actually had such a large opportunity to act in my career quite yet. And so writing that for myself was, um, I think important for me and also kind of justified to my agents why I wasn't taking auditions anymore. Um, and I think that it was interesting. It, there's kind of a, a large monologue um, in the in the short and it's it's one of the most emotional moments of the whole thing and we shot that the first day and it really kind of felt like my super bowl because i didn't know if i could do all of those things like i didn't know if i could direct at the same time and and produce and and act and i don't think it's a role i could have played before covid really uh, i don't really think it was probably good enough and i think mm -hmm. through the time that i spent during covid and working with my coach and really understanding myself and it, only then was I able to really do this. But once I did it, it was one of maybe like the top five moments so far in my life. Um, and it was important to me, the other 12 actors there, that they knew that this wasn't sort of self-imposed nepotism, that like I actually wanted to play this role. And I think I was the only one who could. Um, they definitely thought about casting the role um, because it would have been so much easier to just give that job to somebody else. But I think when there's a role that only you can play, you have connection to that. and you want to hold the integrity of the role. So that's what, that's what we did, but it's it's now a part of every day of my life, whether it's developing in some way, you know, today I journal in character every day, I'm working on the deck today. It's, it's an ongoing process, but it's a really incredible story that I'm super excited to see on television. So. Awesome, that's so, that's so awesome. And, and you know, again, and also like you're the, the twofold sort that you're doing, um, it's come up a lot again on the show uh, with folks sort of like making like a pilot or a proof of concept and sort of just like trying to see what avenue works best for it. Yeah. Um, and then also sort of fleshing out a larger story in case that it does get picked up because you don't want to have just like an amazing pilot and then what now? And then where else does this go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think for us, cause there's, there's different ways to get something sold that I've been learning. There's more than one way to do this. And when I started writing this, 
series, well, it didn't even start off as that. It, it started off as a short and it really just started off as something for me to do while we were editing Blue Moon because I don't do well sitting still. So I had started, I'd had this idea. I actually, I just had dinner with a friend last night and he had brought me to my first AA meeting three years ago. And it was that AA meeting that inspired this whole series, but that had happened three years ago and it was only about a year ago that I even started fleshing out this idea. It was meant to be a short and then it grew into a, a series and then it kind of grew into Lily's series because I think at first I wanted each episode to be from the perspective of a different character and that she mm. wasn't the anchor character. And then during the editing process of the, of the proof of concept, we realized that, oh no, this is actually her story. Um, and I think for me, having a grand idea of like what the first season is like where she starts and where she ends and then trying to fill in the pieces to at least construct some sort of a bible right because you don't necessarily need 13 fully fledged written out episodes but you need some sort of arc of where these characters are going and then i have an idea for season two and season three and then various spin-offs i think there could be an al-anon spin-off to the show or a narcotics anonymous spin-off or 13 stepping in different cities mm -hmm. um so it's kind of just expanded, I think. And also having 13 characters is really, really interesting. One of them is a musician. So I would really love, um, once the show gets picked up, that the, the musician actually releases an album in character for the show. There's, a, there's so many cool kind of avenues that this could take, you know, even if, um, the characters have their own social media profiles that are interactive with the fans. It could be really interesting. Um, it's its whole it's its whole world. So it's been really fun to explore that, and it's kind of also a new frontier for me, at least, to be doing so many different things. And I started a production company, which is how I'm developing both of these. Right now, we're turning Blue Moon into a feature. So we just awesome. we're getting ready to sign a writer next week who's going to write the feature length version of that, and then uh, we're focusing on developing Thirteen Stepping. That's so. so cool. Wow. You've, there's so much going on and that's, that's so like ambitious and I mean, best of luck to all of that, because that all sounds Thanks, really incredible. Yeah. Thanks. I'm just learning like time management. That's the big, like time blocking <laughs> time management is the, the key and having, I have a really great and supportive team. So yeah, awesome. I'm sure you've got a color coded Google calendar, just like me. Oh my God. We just started on monday.com. I have Slack. We're a legit company. We Look, use Slack. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so looking back, is there yeah. anything that you know now that you wish you learned earlier on in your career? I think the thing that I'm at least learning in this moment is expectations of time mm -hmm. and that things, you know, nothing, I, I think that I like to move extremely quickly and that's actually just not the way that things work. And I think having patience and trusting the process a little bit more. And I think also, I mean, it was interesting now that I'm thinking of it, because I cast 13 Stepping. So I cast one of the roles I, I wrote for someone specifically who's a good friend of mine, but the other 11 roles I cast. And I'd never been on the other end of that. I'd auditioned hundreds and hundreds of times. But I think that I learned so much about taping. Um, and I learned so much about like why somebody gets a role over somebody else. And so much of it isn't personal. I think you do need to put out your best work possible and give it a fair shot. Um, but just that like all the minutiae that comes down to casting something and if somebody looks good together or if they're the right age or mm -hmm. there's so many different variables and I think that I took a lot of that rejection pretty personally um and was even one of the reasons why I put auditioning on hold because I think I got burnt out I love acting mm -hmm. I don't really love auditioning I think that they're two totally different uh skill sets mm -hmm. and auditioning is a sport and um 
I think just the way now I look at scripts or story is different after writing something myself and then after casting people. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, we've heard that a lot as well. And I'm also an actor um, in addition uh -huh. to podcasting and all of that, but um, totally agree that that auditioning is a sport. It is like uh, yeah. just, it's like a triathlon, <laughs> like having yeah. to do so much, especially with taping. Like I've got my giant ring light <laughs> lighting me yeah. right now. It's just like having the setup and breaking down scripts. Oh, and, for sure. And, you know, just, just Lord knows that um, you didn't always get ample time for your audition. Sometimes it's like you've got right, six scenes also, due tomorrow. Like <laughs> I know. And then they give you six pages with four eye lines. And so for me, what I did when I cast, um, when I cast their characters, I wrote just like half of a page of a monologue so that way they could just do it themselves in camera. Because I think that, you know, that's also something I think that, you know, really quickly and early on. And I think next casting round that I do for whichever project, I actually think I really want to meet people in person. Obviously the last couple of years that hasn't been something that was accessible, but I think that there's something about an essence of a human being that also can tell you if they can play this role because there was a couple of instances where a tape was amazing, but the performance was not, or yeah. a different person showed up on set or the pressure of set changed a person. And I think that now going into it, I, I think speaking to the actors, and, and understanding their essence of who they are at a bare minimum is also really important because if all else fails, they can rely on something within them, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And I think that tapes are fantastic, but you can do a tape more than once, which is also why I love them because you don't have to be a one hit wonder. But I do think there's something really special about going into a room and meeting with somebody. And obviously it's really nerve wracking. I, I hated it. I would start sweating. I, I didn't enjoy it. But I think when you remove the pressure and realize that like the casting director or the director, like they want to pick you, they want to cross this off their list and move on to the next thing. And they want you to be it. So if you're going in there and understanding that, I think that it could remove some of the pressure and understanding that like they want you to be good. And I think the best actors that I had on set for 13 Stepping were people who took the material and just made it better and mm. just added things that I didn't even think about, you know, and explored the characters and did, you know, assigned mannerisms to that human being or, or it was interesting. They just made the, like a, a fully dimensional hu like human being rather than an idea or a character description, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely think that's what... Um actors have to keep in mind and it's so fascinating but it's like with the script and 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 not just the dialogue but the the written in direction stage direction all that it's like they're giving you the ingredients you now have to make the meal it's yeah like you really have to like like again like you said like add these little things like add the seasoning add all these little different yeah. things to just flesh it out even more yeah totally and i think that to never really worry about if it's exactly on the money of what that person wants. Because I remember when I was auditioning, I tried to like somehow compile in my head like exactly what they wanted and be exactly that. And I think if you can just be exactly who you are in that character and all of you in that character, they might actually realize that they don't know what they want and you did it better, mm. if that makes sense. Like yeah. I, there were things that people did that I never even thought about and that made it so much better. Do you know what I mean? Or even mm. like now that I'm writing this, this show, like a few of the actors sent me pages of character descriptions or memories that they created for that character or, you know, facts. There's this um, kind of 50 questions that my acting coach, Lena, um, would send out to our actors. And, and it just is like asking 50 general questions about who they are as people in character. Um, and there were things that I never even thought of. So I think just like committing to what you're doing 
and being the best version of that is so much better than trying to be the best version of what you think that they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we are getting close to time, so uh, we do have to wrap up. But before we go, we always wrap up with another game. It's a okay. uh, uh, non-rapid fire, so don't worry about uh, throwing answers. <laughs> but it's called Now That We Know You, since we've gotten to chat for a bit. Uh, so first, fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? I'd be a florist. Uh, Is there anyone that you want to trade places with for one day? Um, Margot Robbie, because she's an actress and also has a production company. Me and Margaret Robbie have the same birthday. I just found that oh, out recently. <laughs> you're practically twins. That's awesome. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Tomorrow is a new day. And what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? This might, okay, I'm going to explain. I I dislike when somebody, somebody once just told me to smile and there's something I actually don't like about that because I think that you should honor whatever you're feeling in that that moment. And that actually the need to feel something different is what causes the suffering and Mm. and makes you feel even worse. So I I actually, the reason why I don't like that advice of changing how you're feeling is because I, I think that you need to sit with whomever you are and whatever you're feeling in that moment in order to kind of transcend it and, and evolve into something else. And I don't think that, I don't think that constant happiness should be the end goal. I think that it's something that you visit, but to think that you can be happy all the time is I think the root cause of a lot of unhappiness. So, Lastly, so don't and- smile. If you're upset, don't smile. <laughs> it's fine. Right. Oh yeah. The whole, like, just smile through it. Like mm-mm, you can no, cry. I don't, really, I, don't, like- I don't subscribe to that idea. Yeah. And uh, lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Don't give up and be the best you that you can be. Awesome. Emily, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, For anyone that wants to find you on Instagram, where can they give you a follow? I'm at Emily Rule. So Emily, my last name is spelled R-U-H-L. Awesome. And you can all follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juan Yal Official and check out our full video interviews at youtube.com slash actors with issues podcast or listen on the go wherever you get your podcasts with new episodes every Monday. I'm Juan Yala. This is Actors with Issues and we'll see you next week.